0: Welcome to the Humans of James River. I'm your host, Ava McHugh. Thank you all for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Laser Accuracy. I hope you all have enjoyed listening to the past 12 episodes, and I hope you've truly learned something from them. As a reminder, there will be 20 episodes, and there will be some big speakers from our James River community coming up stu- soon, so stay tuned.
1: Today you'll be hearing from an 18-year-old girl. Um so I guess I'll start with how I was raised. So there was um it was a family of four including me. There was my dad, my mom, and my sister who is 4 years older than me and then me. So my parents had me when they were in their 40s, so uh, they they're kind of older now, but um my dad retired early like I believe right around when I was born or right before I was born or maybe when my sister I don't really know but he was retired and so he always stayed at home and my mom was transitioning careers um, through my childhood so she was changing from being an engineer with computers and stuff to becoming a massage therapist so um, she was spending a lot of time out of the house And so my dad was the stay-at-home dad, and my mom was often out very late, and this persisted all through my elementary and middle school years. Um, So the dynamic of my dad, my sister, and I when I was a lot younger and through my elementary school and, like, first couple years of middle school – my dad was an alcoholic. So a lot of the time he was, uh, drunk and he was an angry drunk. So, um, sometimes when he was, when he was drunk, he would just fall asleep. Other times he would take out his anger on my sister and I, and because my sister was older, she would usually stand up for me and like defend me, or she would just take the brunt of it and, On top of that, I was always the more favorite child just because of I cared more about school and I excelled more at different things like sports and all this stuff. So um, my dad always favored me. So he was more likely to lash out at my sister over me. Um, And I can remember specifically this one night we were making dinner and I went to go get a glass bottle of some condiment and I dropped on the floor And of course it made a mess and um, it kind of went everywhere and my dad was not uh, sober so he like grabbed my collar and he was yelling at me and he was like very angry and I don't really remember exactly what happened but I like remember running to my room and I was just crying and my sister was still out there with him and I don't really know exactly what happened but this was not. Like this kind of thing was not a rare occurrence for my dad to be very violent, abusively, sometimes physically, rarely physically towards me, but probably physical towards my sister. Um, So that's kind of how my childhood was. And I don't really I don't really remember a lot of it because a lot of this happened when I was younger up until I was like 11 or 12. And um, so that was going on. Um, and then, kind of transitioning off of that. So these, although these occurrences like weren't extreme, extremely rare. Um, since I never got a lot of the, the brute force of it, and since when when my dad was sober, um, I was always his favorite. Uh, I had a pretty happy childhood aside from these occurrences. Um, I can't really say the same for my sister, and I can't speak for her. I don't. I don't really know how she perceived her own childhood, but for me at least, my dad and I had an okay relationship, um, and my mom and I, she wasn't really around a lot, so I never really got very close to her. Um, so kind of moving on into the middle school years, um, this kind of, I would say it probably got worse into these years, and especially like kind of sixth grade. It was like pretty bad, and that that's kind of when I started being less close to my dad, um, and then in In middle school, in seventh grade, a week before seventh grade started, um, I remember that we found out that my sister had been an alcoholic since she was 13. And she had been drinking and all this stuff. And when we found this out, my mom was really upset. And when my sister told her the reason why it was like all about my dad. And so they got into this huge fight. And I vividly remember just, like, sitting on the stairs, like, holding our dog while I could hear my family just, like, falling apart around me, like, and the next day, my mom, my sister, and I left to go to a family friend, and we lived with them for the first two months of my seventh grade year before my mom found a house that she liked. Um, So that was a really rough time in my family because... Of course, seventh grade is a very like transitional year alone Um, and because you're you're trying to grow up, figure stuff out, figure out your emotions, figure out how to be a person, basically. And I had zero support at home because as soon as this was found out about my sister, um, obviously it was just my mom and she was still trying to start her business. So she was trying to juggle business and also my sister's issues. And at this point. It was just all about my sister, and I was forgotten. Basically, as a child, I kind of just sat silently and did as I was supposed to, and that was my life for many years. Um, So throughout this time, my sister was in and out of rehab a lot. She would um, be in and out of, like, Tucker's, and then there was this one point where she went – to like a rehab home for like a month, but then she threatened to kill herself. So they had to take her out and she was back in Tucker's. And um, so that went on a lot. And whenever she was home, she would still drink, do drugs, that kind of thing. So um, it was kind of uh, like a very dark time for me and my family, because I just kind of blocked a lot of it out. And it was at this time that, like, who my sister was to me really transitioned. There was, like, my sister before that day in seventh grade where we found everything out about her. And then there was my sister the day after that. And it's just, the person who I grew up with is not the person who I know today. Um, And that's just something that I've come to learn to accept. Um, But essentially, moving on from that, um, it was very rocky through my middle school years and um so that was kind of all going on until she moved out I want to say my sophomore year pretty sure it was my sophomore year um and before that when she kind of got more comfortable coming to live back at home my sister and my mom would fight all the time and um they had a really terrible relationship and I would just see this happening and I would, of course, sympathize with my sister, but at the same time, I was really mad at her because how could how could you not be mad at her when, like, of course, she's going through all this terrible stuff, and she, like, had all these horrible experiences with my, my mom, who was never home and who was never there to help my sister and I when we had to deal with my dad when he was like that, and obviously, she got it worse than I did, um, but how could how could I not be upset with my sister when I felt like my mom was spending all of her time money energy on my sister and she wouldn't she wouldn't try and change anything and um, so I was mad at my sister I was mad at my mom and my dad for letting this even happen to my sister and um, so I it was a lot it was an angry time for me I was angry a lot and <laughs> during this time um, in around in eighth grade so after my sister was kind of done being in and out of rehab m- her boyfriend started to come and live with us a lot and she would spend like what when my mom and her would fight she would move out to go to my boyfriend's house for a few weeks and this is kind of like a back and forth thing all the way up till the time she moved out and during this time she ended up getting pregnant having a kid um and all throughout um like my ninth grade year, he was born right before my ninth grade year started. And it kind of felt like the same thing as seventh grade again, where it was like a huge change is happening right before something important is starting. And it's like ninth grade is like the start of your high school year, which is like the start of the rest of your life, as people say, because, you know, and it was really hard to have a baby living with you. And my sister, of course, wasn't a good parent because she's she was drinking all the time, doing drugs and she was like very unreliable. So my mom had to, um, do a lot of the raising of Henry. And again, this felt this to me, at least left me on the back burner as a child. And it's really hard to deal with when it feels like you're supposed to be able to depend on your parents for anything when you're growing up and they're supposed to be there for you all the time to talk to you and support you. But I never really got that from either of my parents, um, and, you know, that's hard, so, um, um, Henry was, uh, Henry, the nephew, sorry, he, um, lived with us through my junior year, um, is when he ended up being, uh, he now lives with his dad most of the time, so, um, it was still really hard though cuz even when he's here now and just because of everything that has happened I'm I'm not close with my dad and I rarely speak to him if at all and I really don't want to speak to him because it's uncomfortable. I don't I I don't I don't think I hate him but I don't like him and I definitely don't love him especially because of how he treated me and my sister and I blame him for what happened to my sister. And at the same time I also blame my mom because she was never home. And then the way that she dealt with my sister and all of my sister's um mental problems. She I, I think that she went about it very wrong. And at times I think she thought my sister was making all of it up when she she wasn't. Um so I have a I I'm not close with my mom at all because of this. And um Okay. So now that my sister has moved out and Henry has moved out and actually my aunt started living with us on my mom's side, started living with us towards middle to end of my sophomore year, um, I have a lot more of a stable home life at this point because from seventh grade to probably middle to end of my sophomore year slash middle junior year, I didn't really have any kind of stability because it was either always about my sister or always about Henry and there was always drama at home or my my mom and my dad would be fighting and then I would be pulled into the middle of it because even now like that they're separated they're still not divorced because they're they just are always arguing and fighting over what they're gonna do with all their stuff um, so in all of that like stability kind of finally came my junior year and um with that my mom has tried to get closer to me and all this stuff but i feel like i can't get close to her and i don't want to be close to her because she wasn't there for me at all through my childhood and i feel like i don't i don't have a relationship with her i'm not close to her and i don't i don't want to be close to her because i saw how she treated people like my sister in times when my sister was in need, and I, and I think that she tried, but I don't think that she tried hard enough, definitely at times, and um, I, it's kind of a harsh thing to say, I guess, about your own parents, but um, it's just how I feel towards them. They offered me no support. My mom still complains about money that she has to spend on me, and um, I don't know. I feel like that isn't something you should complain to your kid about. So, I am just not super close with her, and I honestly can't wait to go to college and get away from her, because I feel like even though she was rarely there as a mom, whether it was because she was starting her own business, or because she was dealing with my sister, or she was trying to raise a a grandson... um, she wasn't there for me when I needed her a lot of the times, so I at this point don't want her to be there for me because I'm used to her not being there so um that's how I am with my mom with my sister, kind of after that day in seventh grade I don't i my sister and I kind of grew apart really fast and I don't talk to her anymore. We aren't really on speaking terms. Even when she comes to visit, I say most of like 10 words to her, saying hi, saying bye, maybe saying something if she decides to come into my room and say something to me. But the conversations are short. We don't really say anything to each other. And I don't really keep in contact with her through texting or anything like that. And with my dad, I rarely see him because I don't live with him. We don't really text and... I sometimes will see him maybe every couple months when I have to go take my car to him for him to check up. And at that point, it's basically like talking to a stranger because it'll be all of how's school, how's your sister, um, anything going on in school. And that's kind of what we talk about. And, um, it's really hard to go through your K through 12 years with parents and a family like that because, um, I hear all these other people talking about how, like, even if one parent wasn't great, then the other parent was there for them or their siblings were there for them, but nobody was ever there for me. Oh my God, I'm going to cry. I feel like if I start crying, though, then I won't stop crying. So that's why I'm like, I, totally get that. I need to, like, stop crying before I start I totally talking totally again. That. Um,
0: and I never thought about, like, especially on this podcast, there's a lot of people that talk about family issues and stuff like that. And usually they've had one person that's there to support them. But for you, yeah. there's been absolutely no one.
1: Yeah which I, like, forget about it until I talk about it, and I'm like, oh, wait, shit. Whoa. <laughs> like, Dude, yeah. fuck, don't really have a family. Um, like, I have a family, like, they're all living, but, like, you yeah. know, it's almost like they aren't. Um, yeah. I mean, it's oh. just like living with strangers, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? <sighs> okay. Ah, okay. Um, but despite the fact that I'm not super close to my immediate family... When my aunt moved in with us, um, the both of us got really close. So I have her, at least, that I can go talk to. And, um, you know, I bring my boy problems to her. I bring my exciting little stories to her. And, um, yeah, she's there for me. I'm there for her. We can kind of talk about anything. Sometimes we have little powwows and talk about things that my mom did that made us both angry and that kind of thing. So... Um, It's good for her to be there at home and to have somebody that I can talk to. So backtracking a little bit, um, entering my 7th grade year and just middle school in general, I was friends with this girl and she was very toxic towards me. She introduced me to self-harm at the the middle part of 6th grade and through 7th grade it just became this really drama-filled toxic situation that made going to school like a second living hell. Um, there were many times when I would leave the lunchroom crying and I felt like I couldn't get away from her because we shared many of the same friends. And at this time, she would say a lot of things about me to other people that I didn't even know about until later. And a lot of people didn't like me seventh grade year because of the things that were said and because of the interactions that they saw between us. And um, this made seventh grade at school really, really, really hard for me. And I felt like I had no support at school, no support at home. Um, and it made me feel like worthless, invisible, like I was a burden to everybody that I knew because I just felt like everybody hated me. Um, so that kind of went on through all of seventh grade. And then towards the end, um, we were called into like this the counseling office and all this stuff. And it kind of came to like this peak and I remember sitting in this counselor's office and she looked at me and said that I was the reason that she started self-harming and that I showed her how to do it and that it was basically all my fault and um, that isn't, obviously that isn't possible because she was already self-harming when I met her and she was the one who showed me how to do it. Um, so, I don't really know if she genuinely believes that or not, um, but it's hard to hear that when you're in seventh grade and you are in over your head in a situation that involves depression, self-harm, suicide. It's hard to hear somebody tell you that you are the reason that they self-harm and you are the one who showed them how to do it when you know it's not true, um, so dealing with that, like, made me spiral, but I felt like I couldn't do anything about it because I, at home, I couldn't talk to anybody because my sister, of course, at this time was in and out of rehab, and if I said anything, I didn't know if my family could handle it, and so I dealt with it alone Um, in terms of immediate family and friends and This girl ended up leaving school, transferring in 8th grade, so um, 8th grade at school got a lot better. And um, out of that darkness, I learned how to find a family that wasn't immediate family, wasn't blood family. I became um, really good friends with people at school and um, found people who really were able to support me and make me feel like I was loved and I matter and there was a reason to live because there were definitely points in seventh grade where I just wanted to die I wanted to end it because I felt like at home nobody cared about me and at school I was just a burden to everyone so that was a really really dark time for me and um though it was getting better in eighth grade um Throughout that time, I was self-harming and all that uh, stuff. So, um, in eighth grade, I ended up stopping self-harming as and became a lot less frequent as um, my school life improved. So at least I had some positivity in my life um, beginning. And I I remember this one day, um, well night I guess I was it was really rough and I was just like crying a lot like all night and i felt really terrible about myself so i was self-harming and i did it on my leg and i remember that i cut it so deeply that it was like gaping and i remember just like panicking in the moment but i ended up like cleaning it bandaging it all this stuff and like despite the fact that it probably definitely needed stitches um i didn't tell my mom Because I knew that she just wouldn't know what to do about it. And from what I saw with the way that she dealt with my sister, I didn't want to go through that with her. Um, So I didn't tell anybody about it. And I just dealt with it. And I haven't self harmed since. Because it was scary to see what I was capable of doing and still not even really feel it. So I just Stopped then and um I think it was a terrible thing that it happened but a good thing that it happened because it kind of like forced me to get better and um even still like to this day there are definitely times that I like think about self-harming but I like don't do it and I will never do it again just because it's just so terrible and scary um so moving on from that like school definitely got a lot better through eighth grade and then coming to high school it was like of course it was scary because i wasn't going to my home school and i i wasn't going with many people that i knew but i ended up finding a lot of friends here that i really enjoy and really support me and even like just a leadership family in school they've been great and having them there all four years has really 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 helped me um yeah, find a find a family at school.
0: <laughs> oh my god, god, that makes me emotional. I know. Oh my god. So crazy, right? <laughs> that makes me really happy though. Yeah. It is really like a family, mm-hmm. like for sure. Um, yeah. so when you feel like you don't have a place at home or at school and you feel so invisible, um, like in your life you know you didn't have anybody that was checking up on you you didn't have anybody who was paying attention to your needs that can be an extremely lonely place um, and like I said before you know there's a lot of people that I've talked to that have maybe a parent or um, someone in their life that is not so good but You had a lot of people in your life that were treating you not so good. Um, Excuse my grammar. (laughs) Um, But that has obviously changed the person that you've become. Um, And I'm sure, you know, just like your sister that day turned into a different person, you turned into a different person as well. So how would you say that these situations have... Change the person that you've become.
1: Um, so, it's it was definitely something that was like really really hard at the time. But for me at least, it has definitely taught me independence, which I know a lot of people can't even like imagine right now. Leaving for college and like spending time away from their family, and for me, like it's all I'm waiting for. Um, it's so it's taught me so much independence and um yeah that's that's a big thing I've learned and also kind of understanding like compassion because I think before a lot of this stuff happened I was like a very angry person I like I guess I just didn't didn't understand what other people could go through and I think that all of this like happening and especially at once um it it's taught me a lot of compassion and to understand what people are going through the depths of what people can go through and like understanding people's emotions and that kind of thing I I think I've gotten a lot better at that um so that's definitely something that I've learned and on top of that like the the, the third biggest thing is that I've learned how to find family that's not my blood family like I mentioned um and it's really great to find those people who can help support you and know know you super duper well and they know exactly what they can do to help you and I'm really happy that I have those people and I know that I'll stay friends with them for the rest of my life because it's great to find those lifelong friendships that basically have just become your family so that's what I've learned
0: yeah I totally agree like when you've gone through something it completely changes the way that you look at other people um like I'm sure you feel the same way when I see somebody crying or I see somebody going through something my first thought is you know it's definitely more than what meets the eye um so do you think that you'll ever have a relationship with your sister again
1: Um, I'm not entirely sure because right now where I am in my life and right now where she is in her life, um, I I don't know because I don't think that I could mentally handle letting somebody like her into my life right now. Um, The person that she has become, she's very selfish. She doesn't have a lot of compassion for a lot of people and she doesn't really know she she just doesn't she's just not a great person um so i don't want her in my life and i don't think that me trying to get through college and trying to start my own life it's it's a great time to, to have a relationship with my sister um but i hope that in four years or so um she will have grown up some more, and I will have grown up some more, and maybe once we're in different points in our life, we can kind of get closer again, because I think it'd be great to have a sibling who I can rely on, but if it stays the same as it is now, I I don't think so.
0: Do you want kids when you're older? Yes, I do. So... Growing up with two parents that you're not close with Mm -hmm. and not having a good relationship with your family, um, obviously that will change your perspective on what a family looks like. Mm -hmm. So when you do have kids, is there anything that you're like, this is how I'm going to be or this is what I won't do or this is, you know, this is what I want my family to look like when I'm older?
1: Um... I've definitely thought about it, but not necessarily in a positive way. So I'm one of those people who doesn't really like kids or babies or anything like that. And that may or may not be partly due to the fact that I just spend the first half of my high school life living with a baby, which wasn't great. Not gonna lie. Um, but um, in terms of like my own family when I'm growing up, not when I'm growing whoa in terms of my own family when I'm older um I don't really know what I want it to look like because I've definitely seen examples of a family that I would like to have and ways of parenting that I would like to 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 do I guess but because I don't have a good role model in any way, shape, or form that I grew up with, I'm honestly kind of terrified to be a parent because I'm terrified that I will just default to bad parenting. Um, so I, I don't, I'm kind of just hoping that it goes well once I get there. At this point, because I feel like right now, at least, um, I, I don't really have a good role model to, to model my own parenting after so
0: it makes you feel better i think you're a great role model so i think that (laughs) no matter where you end up no matter what you're doing you're gonna be great so thank you for sharing your story and you're a perfect example of you know not growing up with the best home life but turning out to be an amazing person (laughs) um and it just goes to show you that you like an amazing person can come from any situation and I mean obviously the listeners don't know who you are um, but you are doing amazing things and I know you will continue to do amazing things in college and I'm so excited to see where you go because these situations have not brought you down and I think they've only made you stronger so thank you.